Hey, what's up, everybody? Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. So today we got Anthony Russian back on the line. Hey, Listen, a lot of you guys had some great feedback, some great comments on the last episode that we did together just a couple months ago, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And we also had some naysayers. So I want to jump into some of the negative feedback and just kind of address it because it can be misleading information Absolutely. to those who truly want to look into this type of vehicle for funding. I guess when you have somebody who don't truly understand the entire picture of they're not looking at the picture the same way that we look at it, um, they'll provide their feedback online and sometimes that can, that can cause confusion and that's what we're trying to prevent. So I wanted to get Anthony back on the line to address some of these issues that other people who, again, they don't have a clear understanding of how this actually works, but they were ready to comment on it. And that's perfectly fine um, because everybody thinks differently based on different things. So again, Anthony and I, we're going to address some of that stuff today just to give you guys a clear understanding of how it works and think about it from a different angle. And we're, we'll do that over the next few minutes or so. Anthony, what's up, man? How are you, Jamal? It's good to see you, man. Great, great, man. So uh, before we get started, you know, I, I like to do this all the time, even though you've been on the channel before, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself yep. and um, then we'll get right into it. Uh, my name's Anthony Rushing. I, um, I started as a loan officer with, with First Savings Bank here, uh, working specifically with the First Lean HELOC. Uh, work with FirstLeanHELOC.com uh, as well uh, to help kind of build some of their content, their educational content to help people understand how can a First Lean HELOC be used? Uh, what's the best way to utilize this financial vehicle, we'll call it, uh, when you've got it? And so it, it this type of home loan is it's it's just another it's another home loan along with the amortized mortgage that we have it works differently than a mortgage and it's not very well known here in the states it's what everyone does in australia south africa it's popular throughout europe and what we're trying to do is just bring this concept and understanding with how this works and how to best utilize it to the states so people know and understand that it is another option uh, it's not a fringe idea. It's not, a, you know, some crazy thing we made up. It's popular throughout the world, but it's it's not very well known. And when the right person uses it the right way, can provide a massive, massive amount of value to them in terms of paying off their home really quickly or leveraging for future investments, for building wealth, uh, for building a portfolio, for generational wealth purposes as well to accelerate that. And so because it's not very well known, it, it's exciting for me to introduce it um, and teach the concepts here. With anything that's new, you do get people who um, who either don't believe what you say, they don't want to believe it. Um, you know, a lot of times the, the objections or the questions we get uh, on a varying de degree of skepticism, we'll call it, a lot of times those questions are rooted in uh, a gap in understanding and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, that's it, man. And so that's really kind of what we like to address and talk about. And um, 
there are some valid points that people have. Um, I think it's important to, to name that. And it's not that, you know, anyone is like completely wrong or, you know, they're right. I think it's, it's, it's good to name this because it gives us a chance to walk through the lines of thinking that, that we believe other people may have, right? And then our understanding of how this works so that people can make an educated decision. Um, all in all, my purpose, I mean, you know, I, I do work for a bank, right? And we have a first lien HELOC and that's true. And I have an incentive and a, and a bias, we'll call it, to help people choose this or to help people understand what it is. That being said, we only help people who are gonna benefit from this, get this? So I don't ever shy away from sharing what this is, who it works for. I, I never feel one ounce of guilt in educating people on what this is and what it can do. Uh, doesn't mean it's gonna work for you, but the more that people understand how it works and how it doesn't work, the better that they can learn and see whether it is a good fit for them or whether it's not a good fit. And if it's not a good fit and you know that for sure, then you shouldn't get it. But if it is a good fit, it's an opportunity for you to learn about something new and maybe take advantage of something that could change your life. So that's kind of why, why we're here. That's it, man. I often say we're not in the business of convincing grown adults what to do right. their, on what to do with their time and money. You know what I mean? So we're here to educate you exactly. and provide you with the information and then you can make an educated decision from that point forward. Absolutely. So we got two really good, valid questions that I want to cover first. And then we got three naysayer style questions that I want to cover. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go ahead and, and wrap it up. But quick question, man, it, does this work best if your house is paid off? That's, that's a good question. The way we present it is you've got a mortgage, your first thing HELOC comes in and pays off your mortgage and assumes the debt. And then you have this available line above that that you can either leverage or if you just want to pay off the house, you do that, right? So then that's an, there's a natural question. Well, what if my home's paid off, right? Does it still work? Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on what you want to do, right? It depends on what your position looks like. The reality is this is one of, sorry, when this works, when people cash flow well enough for it to work, this is the best debt reduction vehicle I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean there isn't a better one out there. Uh, I don't know everything, but in terms of, of my experience so far, this is the best one, right? Yeah. Um, so if your home is paid off and you have other debt, right? Suppose you have a rental property or a car or student loan payments or consumer debt, right? But your home is completely paid off. Um, then it would work from a debt reduction standpoint to pay those things off with your first thing HELOC. Now your now your first thing HELOC does have a balance on it and you aggressively pay that down using your cash flow. If that's the purpose, then yes, it can work like that, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, if your home is paid off, you don't have any consumer debt, then using this as a debt reduction tool doesn't provide value because you're already debt free. So I think, you know, that there's another scenario too, which and another purpose, another way that this can provide value to people. And that is probably more how, Jamel, you're, you would see value in this and how your students may see value in this, which is as a, um, liquidity, a, a, a cash, a capital vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. The reality is if your home is paid off, you're sitting on equity in your home that you can't touch. You can't use it unless you get a cash out refinance. But if, the, if you had to access $100,000 tomorrow, you wouldn't be able to do it because it takes 35, 30 to 35 days to do a cash out refi. Mm -hmm. So we call that debt equity. You can't touch it. 
You can't leverage it. Uh, there are different mindsets. Some people have this idea where you know, they, they just want to become debt-free. That's awesome, right? Other people have a different understanding of financial best practice, which is we can use debt to leverage for, uh, for future investment, right? For growth. And we, for growth, exactly. So if I don't have the cash to create growth, I'm forced to borrow money from somewhere, right? Yep. So this gives homeowners who have equity, whether your home's completely paid off or not, in this case that it is, it gives you, in, in our scenario, 89.9%, 90% about, right, a access to that much of your home's equity to leverage to create growth, right, if you don't have the cash sitting somewhere else, right, which then gives people the opportunity to start an investment journey where maybe they wouldn't be able to, right? If you're already an active investor and your primary residence is fully paid off, then it's an opening this up gives you access to capital. It just gives you a, another source of capital along with the others that you already have. Let me give you an example of that. I got a coaching client that went through you and pulled, you know, basically, I think it was close to $200,000 out of her property. Mm -hmm. And now she's buying up real estate in the DMV area with that money, right? So, so why, in, in your opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Why was this an appropriate vehicle for her to do this? Why may, why would, was this maybe better? So it makes sense financially. It frees up right. the capital that she needs yep. in order to be able to grow her investment portfolio. So yep. at the end of the day, yeah, you know, that kind of leads, leads into the question, should you ever take out a second lien HELOC, which we can get to in just a moment. But if she can replace her existing situation, her existing mortgage mm -hmm. and be able to pay off her house faster, plus have the money to be able to invest into, you know, more profitable opportunities. It right. just makes sense all the way around. And she saw the value in it. So she, saw the value. Yep. you know, that's what great. I mean? Yep. So going idea. back to the second lien HELOC situation, mm -hmm. right? Uh, does this ever, does it ever make sense to get a second lien HELOC in your opinion? Yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. um, a second lien HELOC is a really great tool to use as well. Um, I mean, my shirt says first thing HELOC, so it's important to know who we're talking with right now. I mean, I was, uh, you gotta name it, you know? Um, but the, the reality is that a second lien HELOC can be a valuable tool to use as well, right? Um, the, there are a couple differences that that are, are there, we'll call it, right? That I think are important to name and recognize. Mm -hmm. um, you can use you can do the velocity banking strategy to quickly pay down debt with a second lien HELOC too, right? right? Um, couple main differences when when you have a second lien HELOC at its very core, you have you start with your mortgage, you start with your savings account, you start with your checking account. You've got hopefully an emergency fund somewhere, right? Maybe a travel fund, uh, your home loan, right? And then what you do is you add another financial vehicle along with all those that you're managing on their own, right? And you now manage this new one along with it, right? Um, at its most basic level, that adds a layer of complexity to mm -hmm. what you're managing, right? From a financial uh, vehicle standpoint. Um, if we compare that to when you use a first lien HELOC as, as we, we know you should mathematically, right? You consolidate 
all those things. You consolidate your checking account, your savings account, your home loan, your emergency fund, uh, what you use on a day-to-day -day basis to manage your home's finances into this one centralized hub, right? And you attack that centralized hub with everything you have, right? Which just by the nature of the number of vehicles you're managing simplifies your life, right? Yep. That's true, right? Now, is that a reason to get it or not? It may not be that strong of a reason, but that's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, if we talk about implementing this velocity banking strategy, which when you have either one of those structures, you should do because it's, it's better than not doing it, right? So I'm gonna make the assumption that if you have a mortgage and a second, or if you have a first, you're doing this strategy because it would not make any sense to not do it mathematically, right? From a, a future financial standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, with a second lien HELOC, here's the, here's the velocity banking strategy. You pull, you draw up your balance on your second lien HELOC, right? And you make a transfer and dump that into your mortgage, right? Now you've got a 30, we'll say $30,000 balance on your second lien HELOC and your mortgage payment is decreased by 30 grand, right? Then you have to get money into the second lien HELOC, all of your money. So you deposit money to your checking account. Now I'm getting into the weeds here, but this is what, this is what you got to do, right? You deposit money to your checking account and then you log in and you move the money from your checking account into the first lien, into the second lien HELOC, right? Well, now all the money's in your second lien HELOC. There's no money in your checking. Well, then what you have to do is the strategy calls for you to use your first, your second lien HELOC now to pay all your bills. So now you have to log back in and then move your money back to your checking for every single transaction that you're going to do during the month, right? That aggressively pays down that second lien HELOC. But if you think about, if I just lost you with what I was saying with my words, there's a reason why. It's because it's complex right. and it's hard to implement, right? There are people that do it and they are extremely what I find people that actually follow through with it for the long term are very focused, they're very goal oriented, and they don't care about logging in and transferring funds four or five times a day for them to be able to function, right? <laughs> that's the reality when you have that, right? And th th that's just what it looks like, right? Well, with a first lien HELOC, again, simplicity, right? The way that we built our first lien HELOC is, you know, all the money needs to get in there and you gotta use it to pay your bills. For us, the way we built it is you deposit money to the checking account that's attached to the HELOC. Automatically that money gets pushed into the HELOC for you, which is where you want it to go. So right. all you've done is deposit money like you do now, right? Now we have to use it to pay our bills. Well, you use the checking account. You swipe your debit card, you write a check, you pay someone through Venmo, right? All my bill pay hits, and it automatically pulls money from the HELOC to reimburse what you spend. Simplifies so, everything. Exactly, and so what it does is it makes it so that strategy automatically happens for you in the background to ensure the maximum debt reduction and it's 100% efficient because it's completely automated. Nothing, there's no human error that's possible mm. unless you screw up the deposit, right? But in terms of the transfer of funds that happens, it's completely efficient. And it also means that to implement the strategy, all you do is function through a checking account in the same exact way you do now. So if I think about the two options, and, and having done this for a little bit, we'll call it, um, I've talked with a number of people who failed because implementing the strategy 
with the second lean HELOC, or even with the first that doesn't work in the way that ours does, was too arduous, it was too hard, right? And again, not that that's, you're destined for failure if you get that, right? But what I found is when the numbers work out, when people's budgets support this being a successful option, the main reason why people fail, the main reason why people quit is because they get six months in, and then it's not exciting anymore, and then they're looking at four, five, six more years of having to move money between their HELOC and their checking account. Lack of discipline. Exactly. But they got to log in and they got to move money for every haircut, for every grocery store, yeah. for every gas. And their spouse has to do it too. And usually they're the ones who have the biggest problem, right? But, you know, uh, but that being said, like it, 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 what I've learned and what I I've just seen, need a bookkeeper, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, what, what I've seen is that it's not just a mere convenience. It is a, it, it drastically having the first thing HELOC and, and the way that it lines up with how people function on a day-to-day -day basis completely removes. It's more realistic for it's real more realistic life. for people to, to succeed, right? Okay. And it takes away the likelihood that they're going to fail that because of that, for yeah. me, that is, that's the reason to get it. And that's so, worth it at that, you know, yeah. and, and that kind of goes back to the first question as well as the second with the simplicity of things you know i had one comment the guy said you know debt out of sight out of mind right so yeah. how would you address that comment to help this person understand how this first lien heloc actually works so debt out of sight out of mind i believe in having debt per personally because i believe debt will help you grow but it depends on how you're using the debt. There's a certain thing as bad debt and there's a certain thing as good debt. We use good debt to help us uh, catapult yeah. our wealth, right? Every person you know, it doesn't matter who it is, borrowed money to get to where they are. That's called debt, right? So how would, how would you address debt out of sight, out of mind in this scenario? Well, I, th I think first thing, Jamel, it's important to name the fact that your... I'm not here to argue with you, but your idea about debt being good isn't the way that everyone feels. Mm -hmm. It's right? true. Some people have a different mindset where their yeah, goal, absolutely. right? I mean, if we think about like traditional American dream, right? And I'm making assumptions here, but if I think about <clears throat> traditional American dream is I buy a house, I pay it off, and I live. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do. And if I can check those things off, I've made it, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree, 100. Just we all we all think differently. And DeAndre and I, I'm not sure if you know, but we had a conversation about this mm -hmm. on a video um, just a couple of weeks ago. And you know, I agree. You know, we we did a video on Dave Ramsey's thoughts on this whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's a there's just a difference in thinking about how they get from point A to point B. Some right. people are, are okay with getting to point B and being fine there. Some of us right. want to grow and go and scale beyond that point. And, 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 the way, and I, I think I agree with you in that both of those are success stories. Yeah, absolutely. Achieving your goal. If you've got a goal and you want to achieve it, there's no one that's really better than the others. It's just what's right. your path, right? And are you going to follow your path and do whatever it takes to that, achieve right? your goal, whatever your goal is, right? I mean, obviously, there's some goals that I'd probably disagree with in terms of like whether they're ethical or not. But like in terms mm -hmm. of this particular, these particular, you know, d differences, right? 
whether your goal is to co be completely debt free, debt out of sight, out of, like, it, like if that's your goal, or if your your goal is to grow, right? Then then both of those are 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 fine and they're mm -hmm. good because both of those we can put under the financial best practice umbrella, right? Right, so exactly. So if we're thinking about it, and this debt out of sight, out of mind, I saw that that comment as well. And mm -hmm. I was, I'm gonna make some assumptions about what this person meant by that, right? Um, I could be wrong, but like my assumption was that this, this person was maybe a um, more of the, the traditional mindset, right? Where it's like, just become debt free, right? Mm -hmm. um, there is a, you know, you, you brought up, you know, Dave Ramsey, his, his whole uh, shtick, right? His whole deal is get a low rate mortgage and eat beans and rice. And, you know, Dave, if I'm wrong, feel free to let me know. But I don't want to eat beans and rice all day. Eat, eat beans and rice and make more than you spend and, and put I mean, all your money. Into, people got to live, man. Yeah, you got to live, right? But put all your money into a savings account. But get a low rate mortgage, just pay it down, right? And that's yeah. fine, right? But here's the thing. If we're thinking about, like, becoming debt-free, the reality is if you make more than you spend, which is what he teaches, right? Um, if, you, if you live below your means, right? If you cash flow and if you're really disciplined with your finances, the first thing HELOC will pay off your mortgage a hell of a lot faster then your amortized mortgage will, and your interest cost will be a hell of a lot cheaper than with an than with a low rate amortized mortgage, right? And I can stand by that because I see it every day, right? Now, so there's that piece of it. So if that's the approach, my argument would be for the right person, right? Is the key. Yeah, that's the key, right? For the right person, if you do live below your means, if you do make money you spend, if you do, if you are disciplined with your finances. This is a much more uh, effective, powerful. right? Powerful, right? Um, I go to the education words that don't that don't grab the emotion, right? But like a much more effective, a much more powerful, a, a much better way of achieving that goal of becoming debt free, right? Well, now yeah. we've got the other side of things, right? Which is the way that you tend to think, the way that I tend to think, right? Which is that debt can be a tool to achieve something greater, right? Yeah, because think, think about it like this, man. If I pull out a first lien HELOC and I'm just gonna go remodel my home, which most people are gonna, well, most people pull a second lien HELOC and they'll take that money and go And you can do it with the first two. I mean, yeah. you can do it with the first two, right? Yeah, we'll do it with the first as well, but I'm just using it, I'm trying to uh, get, I'm trying to grab the attention of everybody in the way yeah. the normal person thinks. Most people don't think about it first lien HELOC, you know, as a way to fund a house. They mm -hmm. think about the second lien HELOC. So what yep. do most people do with a second lien HELOC? They go, they pull it out, they'll get some new floors, they, they might get a new, they might upgrade the house, right? Yep. Which in their eyes, their house is their investment. And that's a, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Right. But at the end of the day, um, they put the money toward liabilities, which aren't bringing in more revenue, which obviously wouldn't be a great idea. Now, if you're using this money to invest 
For example, we speak about rental properties, if you're flipping houses, if you're using it for investment purposes to be able to bring in more revenue for yourself, to be able to grow your net worth, then that that's where good debt comes into play. So you have bad debt and you have good debt, right? Mm-hmm. And the way some people tend to think debt out of sight, out of mind, in my humblest opinion, you know, that is great for them. I will never tell some, you know, you have to think about what's good for you personally right. and where you're trying to go, like what Anthony was saying. But for me, especially at my age, I'm 42. I'll be 43 in a couple months. I'm still continuing to think sun, moon, and stars, man. So right. I'm not thinking about eating beans and rice. I like to live and that's realistic. You yeah. know, I like to take, you know, we just talk about vacations and stuff yeah. like that. I like yeah. to have nice things. Yeah. Even though I don't show it to you online, I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're trying to go places, it's much harder to get there if you don't have access to the capital. Right. Right. And that that's a... For the coaches, well, any financial coach, right? If, if they're base needs to learn how to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the key. Those are the key words right there. Discipline. You yeah. mentioned live below your means. Right. You, you know, that's, the, that's a major problem people that's have. Right. Living, and, living and, you know, Jamel, we were talking about your, your coaching program and the way that you approach it. And I remember, you know, last week you, or last time we chatted, you said uh, what I gathered from it was that, you know, you said it cost X amount, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if someone has six grand more than that amount, right, it doesn't make sense for them to move forward with the program, right? Exactly. And, you know, and, and A, that speaks to who you are, but it also speaks to your philosophy where it's like, okay, we, we got to have a certain amount of access to capital. It doesn't have to be your cash, but you got to have access to it to make moves at the level that you need to to invest in real estate. Right. And if, so, if you, if, if a great example of that is if somebody is trying to get into my coaching program and it's not affordable for them realistically, like if they don't have at least double, maybe triple the money, they shouldn't invest into the program. Yep. Right. And that's not to say that you need money to invest, but in reality, you do. It just doesn't have to be your money. Right. right? right. And you can always get your money from somewhere else. Right. That's where the concept of you don't need money comes from. Right. But it's coming from somewhere. Whether it be your HELOC, whether it be another person, whether it be, you know, a private lender or a yeah. hard money lender or a bank, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. But the point is, if you're looking for a coach and your coach, your real estate coach is trying to take every last penny you have, you probably should find another coach. Find another and a number of you have actually spoken to me and I turn you away from, I actually encourage you not to invest into my program because financially, I'm just looking at your situation, you're not ready. And I don't want to be the cause for you feeling like, you know, you have a a, a burden on your back right. due to education. Yep. You know, so yep. I just wanted to address that real quick. So what I find is when coaches have, when their base doesn't know, or it, when they cater to people who need to learn how to be disciplined, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel this way about Dave Ramsey, right? He has an obligation to tell them they shouldn't get this. Because if he... All he has to do is open the door a little bit and say, this could be a great debt reduction tool, right? Mm-hmm. And someone that, that is halfway through his program decides to get a first in HELOC, what he, what he says, his whole argument is, 
you're going to become contradiction. You're going to yeah. become undisciplined and you're going to spend too much and you're going to ruin yourself. And that is 100% correct for people that are not disciplined yet, right? Mm -hmm. So I believe he has a, he has an obligation to say that. I don't believe he completely believes it because he knows that if there are people mm -hmm. that that if he's good at what he does, right? Then the people become disciplined, right? If everyone in the world is not disciplined, then he shouldn't have a job, but he does. Honestly, right? you know, and so like I think you know, the going down a different path, but but uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say that video that I did with uh, DeAndre. He said he bought several hundred million dollars in real estate. I'm like, you didn't do that without debt, brother. Right. Yeah. Or a rich uncle. <laughs> or a rich uncle. Or a trust you know fund. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. You, know, you know what I think? You know what I think we should tell people to do? Forget everything you've taught them. We should tell people to try and be born into families that have trusts for them. Yeah. That's a joke, but yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: like, you can't control that. Like, you know, like, come on, like, you either have, you either you either come into money, money, you either get an extremely high-paying job and you still live below your means, right, or you use other people's money. It's yeah. one of the three, right? So, so like, I don't know of another way for you to come into or to end up with fifty grand for you to be able to invest in something, you know, so. Yeah. Here's another way of thinking about debt out of sight, out of mind. Some people are comfortable, you know, driving a normal car, right? They just want a regular life. They just want to be worry-free. Some people want to drive a Lamborghini right. or they want to, you know, a Porsche 911 or whatever right. the case may be. Yep. They want uh, a, you have to base your, you have to look at your circumstances where you're trying to go and make decisions that's going to help you get to your goal. That's right. And most people don't have a goal and that's the right. problem. So right. for, the, for the guy to say debt out of sight, out of mind, his goal is to live a simple life, which is perfectly fine. And that's great here. Oh, being oh, there's something about being that's content. That's a fantastic thing. And it, you know, th there's something about being content that, it, man. you know, I've, I've read a lot and about happiness and like that being content with where you are allows mm -hmm. for, for people to, to reach a certain type of happiness, which is awesome, right? Not everyone has that though. Not everyone has the ability to be content where they are. And there's nothing wrong with that either. That just means you just go and try and get, you know, get more that you can. And then what you have to do is if you don't have the capital to reach certain things now, you have to be creative with how you get the capital. And this is one way to be creative with getting capital, which is I'm sitting on $300,000 of equity in my home that I can't touch. I'm gonna be creative with how I access dollars, right? Mm -hmm. One way I can do that is getting a first lien HELOC, which gives me access to dollars at a lower rate than where I can with hard money from what I gather these days, right? What I can at, you know, the internet places you can get money right now, right? Um, a, you know, it's immediate. Uh, it's around where a cash out refinance would be, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, you know of multiple other sources too, but, um, but it's a way of being creative with, with to access capital to be able to achieve those goals that you have that, that are not just about you being complacent. It's about you reaching a different level, a greater place, a, a sense of achievement, a sense of, of uh, being able to provide for your family in a different way than you are right now, in a way right. that you, you envision and that you see that you, know, you want greatness for your family. Those feelings and the way that people 
that, that drive people as well is not wrong either, just like being complacent. Nobody's is, wrong, man. Right. So it's just, look, like, hey, look, like, if you're, if you're happy being complacent, do that. Rock it, right? Um, if, if you're not, it's important for the people who are complacent to understand there are people who don't think your way. Right. right? I don't think like you. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm different than you in that I want to achieve more. I don't have the cash to do it now, so I have to be creative with getting cash to achieve this monster goal, right? And, and that's so, me. And that's you, right? And I'm kind of like that too. And so it's, it's just, it's a different mindset. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, if, if I have a complacent mindset, yeah, all this other stuff is whack. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you ever do that? Well, you know what? We don't think like you, right? That's and there are a lot of other people in the world that don't either. For the leverage piece, this, is, this provides value to them to leverage, maybe not to you. Yeah, you know? I, I come from a place where I didn't come from money or just like you and many yeah. other people that yeah. I know, right? So, you know, for me, I do have a, a sense of simplicity to, with the way I live. Mm -hmm. And I am kind of reserved and, and, and I don't live beyond my means. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to eat beans and rice. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I have a fine balance between the two. So I understand the debt out of sight, out of mind thing. Yep. But I also don't understand why you wouldn't use debt to create wealth. Right. So that's, that's there, your there's mindset. a balance. Yeah, 100%. Great. There's a balance between the two. Now, what about the person that says you're going to get rid of a low rate mortgage, which you had a couple of years ago to refinance into a higher rate? So to circumstances. I get this one a lot. This is one of the main, one of the main uh, arguments, mm -hmm. misunderstandings, right? Um, not misunderstandings, sorry. There's just a gap in understanding, right? So people that say that, what they assume is that we're comparing apples to apples, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if we're talking about trading out a 30-year fixed-rate amortized mortgage at 3%, for a 30-year fixed-rate amortized mortgage at 7.5%, that'll never make sense, all things being equal, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're not talking about an amortized mortgage against another amortized mortgage. We're talking about an amortized mortgage against a home loan that provides access to your equity, right, that is open-ended, which means money can go in and out freely, that calculates its interest payment using the average daily principal balance that you take advantage of, that there's a strategy that you, that you use to maximize this. It's a completely different vehicle that you use a completely different strategy with, right, to get different results, right? So for one, for us to assume they're the same is, is so off base because yeah, they're not is. the same, right? So we got to, like, this isn't the same thing, right? But then the question is, if we're going to say it's possible for that to be a better option, how is that possible, right? Well, the reality is that when we think about home loans, conventional you know, amortized mortgage home loans, we only talk about one main factor, which is rate, right? Sometimes you'll talk about your monthly payment, right? But in terms of like whether it's a good loan or bad loan, right, whether it's going to be expensive or not, we only use the interest rate. Well, that's not the only thing that that matters. That's not the only factor that drives to your overall cost. Right. And we don't realize that, right? Because the other, there are three factors. The other two factors aren't worth talking about with an amortized mortgage, right? 
So the three factors are rate, time you're paying interest, and the balance you're paying interest on. So rate, time, and balance. Well, if we think about an amortization schedule, right, the time that you're paying interest is set by the schedule, so we don't need to talk about it, right? Um, we don't need to analyze it, really, well, right? Yeah. The balance that you're paying interest on is set by the schedule, right? You pay it down, it's, I mean, it's a set algorithm, so it's not worth talking about and not worth analyzing. So we just don't even talk about those things. It's just rate, 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 rate. So we're conditioned to think that rate's the only thing because the other two factors that lead to your overall cost are not worth talking about with an amortized mortgage. Well, here they are, right? Here's how it's possible that a high rate home loan is better than a low rate home loan if we're talking about time, right? So, and we could do some quick math if we want, but if you could pay a $200,000 balance off in one year, and this is crazy, right? But I like to use extremes, right? Just to help us get, connect with the concept, right? If we could pay off a home loan in one year, right? And the rate is 12%, right? Or you're gonna pay a home off in 30 years and the rate is 4%, right? Which, which loan would, which, which one would you choose? I'm going with the 12%. I do it all the time. You look at hard money loans, for example. I'll pay 12% all day long for a hard money loan. Right. I know I'm going to make $50,000 on a house That's versus right. a 3% interest rate. And not, you know, it's going to be that much. Right. Money, you know, because you're only paying interest for six to eight months. Right. Right. So the amount of time you're paying interest matters a whole lot and affects your overall interest costs. Right. Right. Another thing is your balance. And this one is a little bit harder to grasp because we got to do some, do some math. But we're talking about your balance, right? All things being equal, would you rather pay 15% on a $10 loan that you got from your friend, right? Mm. Or would you rather pay 2% on a $200,000 loan with a bank? I'm going to take the first, man. You'll take the the high interest loan. You're going to take the high interest loan. That's crazy though, because it's a higher interest. Yeah, but, but it's it not crazy. Pay it off quicker. Exactly right, and like you know, fifteen percent of ten bucks is a dollar fifty. Right. Right. If I think about what was it, four percent? Think about it like this, bro. Just to simplify this whole thing, you, we're we're comparing simple interest up against amortized amortized interest. Money. You can't. There, that's two different types of interest. Interest, right? right? Sim simple interest is what you use on a car. You're going to pay that a lot quicker. Right. Versus amortize over 30 years, you're going to pay two and a half times what the product or the exactly. house in this case is. Right. So, so I'm going to go with the, with the, with the uh, simple interest all with day With the long. simple interest. And, and, and what, when I'm talking with people on the phone myself, I'll give this scenario, right? And what people naturally want to say is they won't say, I'll choose the high interest loan because they don't want to admit it, right? Mm -hmm. What they say is, oh, I'll choose the loan with the low, with the low balance. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on, hold on, no. no. Would you choose the high rate loan or the low rate loan in this scenario, right? Because the, high, the low balance with the high interest rate is the better one, right? So mm -hmm. what, I, what I make them say to me is I would choose the high interest rate loan, right? Which that is hard for people to say sometimes because it counters what they know, 
what they know, right? Um, but it uses the mathematics behind it to help them force that understanding of, if I have a loan, I'm gonna pay off really fast and I'm gonna arrive at a low balance really quickly, it's absolutely feasible for a high interest rate loan that that happens to completely crush a low interest rate loan that takes a long time and I, play, I pay a high balance on. Well, think about how the amortization schedule works, right? A, you pay interest for 30 years, mm -hmm. but most people don't do that. They reset anyway, but at its very core, 17 right? years, you're refinance a bunch, right? But if we take that out, right, um, you're paying interest for a, a timeline of 30 years, mm -hmm. right? And if you think about the, the balance that you're paying interest on during that time, right? Yeah. I don't think it's any secret that we all know that when you make your payments at the beginning of the loan, pretty much all your payment goes to interest and yep. a very tiny amount goes to paying down your balance. Well, what does that mean? For a very long time, your interest is calculated on a very, very high balance, mm -hmm. which means that even if you have a low rate, it's still going to cost you a bunch, right? Why? Well, let's just, let's just say, let's just make up th this loan that maybe you can pay off in seven years, right? And if you're paying it off in seven years, you're cutting your balance in half, right? In three and a half years, which means you're paying interest on a low. Let's just pretend there's some loan out there that can do that, right? That would mean that that loan would outperform a low rate loan, right? That, that would mean that it's completely possible and plausible and true mathematically that a high rate loan that you pay off really quickly in a short period of time and you pay on a low balance can completely crush a low rate mortgage, right? That takes forever to pay off and you pay on a high balance forever, right? Here's, here's another way to think about this. So last month, I just bought two cars. I bought a new Porsche Panamera mm -hmm. and I bought uh, a new Escalade, right? Now, mm -hmm. these are both $100,000 vehicles yep. plus, right? Now I could have taken the same, now I financed both of them, yep. right? Um, you could lease, you could do whatever. Again, you, you base things on your purposes or your, what, what you're looking to accomplish, right? right? So, right. Um, let's, let's call it $200,000 in vehicles. Now I could take that same 200,000 and go get a mortgage mm -hmm. on a $200,000 house, right? So we're talking about $200,000 in cars or 200,000 in mortgages. Right. I'm going to pay these cars off in a couple of years. Yep. The mortgage, if I take a 30 year, is going to literally going to take me 30 years. Pay years. Right? right. So the, the point is I'm paying, I think is like $40,000 in interest right. on the vehicles because I did, you know, simple interest because that's what car loans are. And versus, because you're paying them off in five years or four years. Paying them off in five years or less. Right. Short time versus, versus going to get a $200,000 mortgage for 200 grand. I'm probably going to be paying back $450,000. Right. Right. So when you think about it from that standpoint, long yes, timeline, expensive more, cost, even with a low rate, right? That's the point. Well, what's, what's, mortgage, mortgage brokers will sell you on payment versus, well, you know, what happens behind the scenes. Call, well, call and if you don't know what you're doing, you're caught, you're, 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 you know, 
the financial guys at the, you know, your loan guys at the car. They'll chew you up, man. Eat your life. What's your payment? What's your payment? You know, what do you want your payment to be? Right. Look, we can spread that over seven years if you want to get the payments you want. Right. right. Like, well, you know, so the, I mean, the, these these concepts are not super, super complicated. Right. They're a little bit more sophisticated than just basic math. Yeah, of it's course. How, it's how this works. I mean, it's it's how your financial, uh, you know, your loan officers, whether at the auto dealership or whether the mortgage guy down the street, it's how their companies make gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't. You think the loan officer who 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 helps you get the loan makes a lot of money? Uh, uh the company itself, like they give him pennies on the dollar. They are making bank. They make bank, man. Because it's set up for them to win. Yep. And and it's not that like become a homeowner and get an amortized mortgage is bad. That's better. If that were the only option, right? Then it's better to become a homeowner and pay an amortization schedule, hundred yeah. percent, right? But yeah. there are better options out there for the right person. Look into it. <laughs> Learn about it. Like, hey, look, it may be, maybe it may take some energy, but if it can save you a hundred thousand dollars, is that worth it? That's my. That's that's the question. You know, it's like even if you're just trying to become debt free, leverage or not, like mm -hmm. this is a thing and it's out there and it may not work for you, but it, if it does, I'm telling you, it's going to change the game. What about the person that says, "Couldn't I do the same with my mortgage?" So couldn't they pay off their mortgage a lot quicker? Now that there is some truth to, to that. Yep. There is some truth to that. So let, let, let's uh, let's talk about that, man. This one is probably my favorite. It really is. And mm -hmm. people come to me with different levels of of um, intrigue, right? So at the you know, whether it is like they're curious and they make this connection and like, wait a minute, could I just do this in my mortgage, right? To I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be skeptical because I don't really believe. Like, couldn't I do this in my mortgage? To to people that like are sitting in a room. I remember that I, I did a presentation with a title company and there was another loan officer there, right? And he had heard a little bit about this, enough to know to ask the question, right? But he asked the question in a way that he was trying to blow me apart in front of the group. And I was like, oh, dude, like you could have asked a different way because I would have responded in a different way. I'm just telling you right now. But here's the thing, right? Because um, I, 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 you gotta love those guys, man. I'm telling. Look, if you bring it, it's like, look, I'm gonna respond. To, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I, I believe in treating people fairly. At the same time, mm -hmm. like, I'm the guy in the front of the room. You're trying to embarrass me. Like, I'm not gonna be the one. No, no, offense, no way. Man. But that being said, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so that, it, it, what when people ask that, here's the connection they're making, right? Essentially, the strategy that we teach is. It involves you depositing your money in, all your money, and then using it to pay your bills, which means that what's left over in your home loan here, right, to pay down principal at the end of the month is your surplus, right? Mm -hmm. All of your surplus. Everything that is left over after you receive income and pay your bills, right? So all of your surplus, right, each month, right? So the, what people do is they, they start to understand that and they're like, wait a minute, wouldn't that be the same as if at the end of each month, like you can't put all your money into your mortgage, but you could put your, all of your money into your checking account, right? And then you could pay all your bills with your checking account. And then whatever's left over at the end of the month, you could deposit that into your mortgage, right? Which is kind of the same, right? As what we do here, it's just a, a different order, right? 
And the connection they make is, well, if I did that, it would pay down my house faster because the rate is better with an amortized mortgage, right? And so like, well, that's the same. Couldn't we just do the same thing, right? And, and I, what, I, what I respond with is, you're, you're right. You're right. Mathematically, if you, at the end of the month, took everything that you didn't spend each month and drove it all into your amortized mortgage, it would do exactly the same thing and you'd pay it off faster and you would save more money than you would with a first lien HELOC when the first lien HELOC has a higher interest rate. That's true. But. <laughs> there's always there's a but, right? There's a but, right? It's true. So, so here's the thing though, right? And this is what I, you know, again, depending on the level of um, conflict created in the question, right? One scenario I like to present is let's pretend we are, let's pretend you're a financial planner and you have the obligation of giving people good advice on what to do with their finances. And there's this strategy that you have where you give people advice to take every single dollar that they make, they have a mortgage, right? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take every dollar that you don't spend, everything. And you're going to take all of it and put it into your mortgage. You don't have any money anywhere else, right? Now, this mortgage you have, this is how mortgages, amortized mortgages work. This mortgage you have is a, is a, ve a financial vehicle where when you put the money in there, it's locked away. You can't take it back out. But here's the thing. It pays off your home faster than everything else. So that's what you do. But by the way, like all your money that would go to your emergency fund is here because that pays down your house faster. And mm -hmm. all your money that, that is in your travel fund goes here because that it pays your house down faster. And every single dollar that you don't spend that you, you could have as, as like surplus, right, is locked away in a place that you can never touch it again, unless you get a cash out refinance with another mortgage, right? So- Which is gonna cost you 10 grand. Which is gonna cost you 10 grand and take you 30 days. So the question I ask them, especially when they're pretty, you know, honor is like, if you're a financial planner and we had to decide on three different, you know, define that three different ways, would that be great advice, neutral advice, or terrible advice? Where would we put that? Another, another way to look at that too, man, imagine paying 10 grand to get your money back out. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the reality is that if we lived in a mathematical vacuum, that would be a valid argument mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have this job. I wouldn't because it would provide no value over doing the same right. thing with your amortized mortgage. Right. That's the key though. That's the big reveal. That's the big secret is that the only reason why this strategy is feasible, available, possible, safe with this particular vehicle is because money can go in and money can go out freely. And that means that you can put as much, you can put as little, you can put everything that you have toward the balance of this loan safely because you can take it back out if you want. And when people bring that argument to me, that's something that 
they either haven't realized yet. Um, and again, some people, they, they, they make the connections and they're like, wait a minute, like, help me understand, right? Couldn't I just do this, right? And, 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 I, and I bring up the same, the same concepts or the same mm -hmm. idea, which is that it's not feasible, it's not safe to put all of your surplus into a place where you can't access it again. It's just not safe. And no, so literally putting all your eggs in one basket, all your eggs in one basket, the, a basket that's locked. Yeah. And, I and, mean, and it's not, it's not like you got the basket. You could take the money back out, right? <laughs> this basket has like a lock and key. It's like the little UNICEF thing. You know, you walk around with, you know, with the little box with the, the, the change in it, you can't take the money back out. Yeah. So it's just, it, it, it's one of these scenarios where and you got to pay to get the money back out. And you got to pay the money to get the money back out. If an emergency happens, yep. you're out. And so that whole concept is what makes this possible. Again, that's the big reveal. It's the, you know, but that understanding is what makes mm -hmm. it real. It's interesting. Some people, even, even after they, even after we, they, we talk about that and they, they get it, um, you know, people are really interesting. Sometimes people are going to stand by what they say to be true, no matter what. And mm -hmm. so, um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That's the guy who never wants to be wrong. Never wants to be wrong. <laughs> I had a, I had a husband and wife, um, and the husband can't, understood this and he did decided not to move forward because it could be better if he put all his money into his mortgage. It could be better. And I, I just had to say, you know, I, my, I kept going back to, you know, are you going to do it? And that, that's another question that I asked too, is if the, if that is such a great idea, is that what you do? Mm -hmm. Right? The answer is no, always. No one puts everything that they have toward their mortgage. And right. people that do overpay each month, which is a great practice, they're very, very careful with how much additional they put in mm -hmm. because of the fact that it's not liquid. The liquidity piece of this is a key understanding which allows for the strategy to be feasible and allows for you to maximize the strategy. And so you can aggressively pay down an amortized mortgage all you want. That's great. You're very silly, if not even a different word that I would use, right? If you put everything into there every month, because it's a terrible decision, terrible yeah. financial decision. And so here it's safe to do because if you need it for whatever reason, whether for an emergency, whether for buying real estate, whether for buying a new car, whatever it is, you become your own bank because every dollar you put in there is liquid. That's, that's a, I mean, it, if, if that understanding doesn't click with people, that's okay. But it means maybe there's some understanding about how financing and finances work in general that we could work on too. And I'm, you know, I, look, I, just for what it's worth, like that, that, that liquidity piece is, an, is why it's safe and what makes it different. Absolutely, man. So we could go on and on and on about this, man. And I'm sure there's going to be other episodes that we're going to, dig even deeper into this stuff and there's going to be more feedback from you guys and we're going to discuss this and hey keep submitting your comments below whether it's positive or negative you're helping us educate the community on absolutely how this stuff actually works 
so that you can make educated decisions based on your own personal circumstances, right? So with that being said, I do have a podcast that I did with Anthony not so long ago. I released it. I'll be sure to link that up at the top. Make sure you check that out. For those of you who want to get in contact with Anthony, all the links will be in the description box below. But how can they get in contact with you otherwise, man? So you can go to... Well, I, honestly, the best way is to click on the link below. I think it's going to be flhambassador.com forward slash Jamel Gibbs. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That's going to be the best way. And that way, um, and I know that's down there. So I would click on that. If you want to learn more about First Lean HELOCs and how they work, you go to firstleanheloc.com. Mm -hmm. It's a free educational resource. It's got great resources for you to learn and understand about how this works, um, who it works for. You know, there's a calculator on there that you can run as well to see if it's a good fit for you basic, you know, at the most basic level. So firstlinghelock.com is a great place to, to learn more about this. Uh, you can go to, you know, firstlinghelock.com does have a, a YouTube page, you know, Instagram page, uh, LinkedIn page. Um, a, there are a number of resources in different places, but if you want to get in touch with, with me or one of my team members, then the best thing to do is just click on that link below. It's again, it's FLH, uh, FLHambassador.com. <laughs> It'll be down there. But if you want to talk with one of us, that'll be the best thing to click on. And that way you can get straight to us. It'll, it'll ask you a couple questions and then it will bring you to a schedule page for you to talk with, uh, with either me, most likely one of my team members who they are going to work with first savings bank. They're going to have a product specifically built for the strategy, but they're also going to be experts in how this works. They'll be able to explain it to you. They'll run your numbers to help you better understand what could your numbers be so that you can make the best decision for yourself. That's it. So I'm going to make sure I link all of that in the uh, description box for you guys to be able to check out. Make sure you check that out and make a conscious decision. You know, we're providing you with valid information. You're going to have questions. Some people are not going to agree. Uh, again, not agreeing is perfectly okay. Um, just understand that people think differently. You know what I mean? So make a conscious decision for yourself based on what you believe to be true after listening to this information. Any last words for our listeners, man? I'm, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. I hope that, that people out there that, you know, if you're listening to this and you hear it, if it provides value, um, for one, uh, words of reinforcement, kind words go a long way, for one. Uh, it's easy to kind of sit back and not say much, but if, if this hits you, feel free to hop on and, and write down below, let Jamel know. Um, if there are things that, that rub you the wrong way, we want to know that too. Um, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but we but that gives us a chance to maybe do what we did today and, and clarify things. The thing is there are valid points on you know all sides. So uh, if, if anything, my, my hope is that this provided value. If you want to learn more, you know, uh, check out the website, click below, and would love for either me or one of my team members to, to chat with you. Perfect, man. Well, we definitely hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. We hope you benefited from it. Be sure to like this video, subscribe, click the notification bell and share this video with other people who need financial education because this information is information that they don't talk about, but Absolutely. we're talking about it right here. 
Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next one. And we'll check you then. Take care. Thank you.